Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Core. We're here to talk about video games. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger, and we're diving in to this week's Core. Hey, uh, quick note of of note, I guess. If you uh, were feeling uh, kind of horny for Diablo, <laughs> and I don't mean the character, I mean the, the game, uh, so have I. I've been feeling a lot of Diablo lately, and uh, part of it, it has resulted in something. I have sort of half committed to resurrecting uh, the Diablo show, and in fact, put a file up on that RSS feed for those who are still subscribed to it. If Blizzard actually does what we think they're going to do this year at BlizzCon and announce a the future of whatever Diablo is, and we have no reason to think that they won't, all signs point to that they will. If they do indeed do that, I am going for it with that show again. So I'm just letting you know it's out there. Big Diablo focus. Uh, if you remember from way back in those days, it was before we were doing Core... John came on and did a whole lot of Deckard Cain impressions. Uh, it was a really good time over there. We had the actual Deckard Cain come because of John. John got him to come on there. We had Dead Mouse call the show once. That was crazy. Like it was a big deal. So we're gonna. I'm bringing it back. Is what I'm saying. Uh, so there's a little side note. Secondarily, there's the thing we got to talk about at the top of today's show. None of us, and I mean none of the three of us, bought Borderlands Three. Which seems sacrilegious if you are a gamer, I guess. But none of us did. And I'm super curious as to why. Um, I'll start with Bo because you actually tried, right? You were going to do it. Friday rolled around. I checked it out on stream for 10 or 20. And I'm like, let me just jump in. Let me do this. Yeah. I'm going to play. I don't care. I I didn't seem like I wasn't sure if I was going to get in with any friends or anything. 
I'm going to buy it. Yeah. I really like two. Yeah. They earned it. Sure. Boot up the old Epic Game Store. <laughs> see that I have the one game on there that I have Dauntless. I'm like, let me uninstall that. That's just never happening. Yeah. I get rid of that. Got a clean install. Epic Games. Got to buy my first game. Mm-hmm. Rub my hands. Here we go. All right. All that Epic hate. We're going to cast it aside. We're going to accept this as a launcher. We're going to move forward into the future and enjoy Borderlands 3 on the Epic Game Store. Mm. Go to checkout. I go to press buy. Yeah. I go to PayPal to purchase the yeah. game. Yeah. And they're like, yo, you need a credit card. What? And I'm like, my I have I have a banking source associated with it, plus I've got balance in the account. Can we do this? <laughs> nope. Can't buy the game. And this is my message to the Epic Game Store. Two middle fingers. Whoa, look at you. There are <laughs> I'm pissed. Like Steam. Xbox Live, I have good old games. I have every other place I can buy games. I go to their FAC for it, and they say it's their policy not to do gift cards or to do non backed whatever. I think if you're an American and you have a bank account, you might be all right. Yeah. But not for a Canadian. So I don't get to play Borderlands 3 because Epic. That's so I am fully now on the complete irritation train, not with <laughs> Epic Holy. They got a great engine. I'm yeah. playing tons of Gears of War, which is, you know, the brainchild of of Epic. Yeah, they are a fantastic company, many talented people and products that I enjoy. Right, but the game store sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. It's and pretty bad. And if you're not going to come correct, just give it up and let other people take your money. Please. If you're not going to come correct, this is like a 1990s. Yeah. It's like 311 at uh, Lollapalooza <laughs> or something. I love it. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm. Um, LL Cool J. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Don't call it a comeback. That's awesome. All right. So uh, we all know way too much about those references. So we're going to move on. John. Yes. Uh, I, have, I have things to add to Bo's uh, stink eye on this because I share a bit, a bit of it, but it's not the primary reason. I'm curious why you didn't bite the bullet and decide to dive in. Well, it was going to be a harder sell for me. I think probably of the three of us, I'm probably the least invested in Borderlands 3. As a game itself, I love the idea. Uh, I like playing it. I can't tell you a thing that happened in Borderlands 1 or 2 because I played with the sound turned off. I basically had I basically had sound effects turned on so I could hear the guns. But I didn't want to hear anybody talk. I didn't really want to hear their music. I would put on music. I would put on TV shows. I would do anything else but listen to uh, that game. I don't think it's funny. I don't think the story is interesting. And I find the world mostly bland. But I love the gameplay loop. And I think the gameplay is pretty darn solid. Uh, And so, you know, I, I think for me, Borderlands 3, I tried to get back into Borderlands 2 uh, I want to say about a month or two ago, because uh, I was just craving that sort of game. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard to go back to. It didn't, you know, the game showing its age, it didn't scale up to my monitor very well. It looked kind of muddy. It, it didn't look great. It certainly didn't look the way I remembered it. So there was a part of me that was definitely itching to get in and play some. But I think without a good plan as to here's the people I'm going to play with, I think the idea of jumping in solo and just doing it, I couldn't justify the purchase. There's too many other games right now all right at that $60 mark, mm-hmm. and Borderlands is certainly trying to get more than its share of $60. Um, that 
I just I couldn't justify like the, honestly the next sixty dollars I spend on a game is going to probably control would be my guess unless something else major comes mm. out before then yeah so there's just too many other things that I like before it I mean if it had been a thing that just was really hitting with all with all of us and you know maybe someone else and we were like no we're gonna get in and we're gonna go in every day maybe I could have been swayed uh, onto it but. Yeah, I just what I just wasn't there as a as a solo game experience. Well, everything I hear from the people I normally trust in this regard, be that reviewers, certain sites, uh, certain voices in the gaming press, who I generally find that they their tastes in games align with mine, and then also lots of friends whose tastes definitely align with mine. And all I've heard is that it's more of Border, Borderlands Two, and if you liked that, then you're going to get a ton more of that, and it's going to look a little better. And there's going to be a few quality of life improvements. But for the most part, it's Borderlands 2 again. And that includes not a great story, jokes that don't land, um, you know, the things you were talking about. And that was enough for me to say, eh, I think I'm going to hold off then. I'm going to hold off for a little while. I am also annoyed at the problems a lot of people seem to be having with the Epic Store. It wasn't just Bose, but others were just having trouble in general getting the game to download. My son and his uh, friends are playing it. They had issues getting it off Epic. Uh, one used a credit card, one used PayPal. Both had issues uh, completing the purchase the day of anyway. Uh, that store is just not ready for prime time. It hasn't been since they started it. That thing has all kinds of issues. However, um, I think the other major factor in all of this was two things. I've been playing WoW like crazy. And later in the show, I'll talk about what I've been doing in there because I can't believe I'm about to do a certain, th- I'm about to hit a certain threshold that I didn't think I was going to do, but I am. Uh, I've been doing that pretty hardcore. And also this week, uh, at like Friday link to the past is out or sorry, links awakening, isn't it? Awakening links awakening is out. Yeah, Links awakening. And so is the switch light I ordered. So I know what I'm going to be doing Friday and it ain't borderland. So, so for me, it was kind of a combination of everything you guys have said, plus my own kind of situation. If this thing would have hit with everybody screaming, Oh my gosh, this is miles and away the better game. It's better than it's ever been. Holy crap, what a game. They did it. I probably would have said, oh, well then we just have, this is a must-get title for the year. We're going to get this. The king of all loot shooters is back, baby. Let's go. Forget about three. That was bad. Now we got this. Yay! And the story's as good as it was in the Telltale game. None of that seems to be the case. All of it seems to be relying on a lot of old ways the game used to work. And that's not enough for me to justify the price or the time right now. Goes on yeah. sale, maybe a little bit down the road. Sale or not, maybe I just get an itch and I'm like, ah, you know what, I'm going to finally get in. They've done some stuff I'm interested in. Or this DLC really does change things up. But as it stands right now, for somebody who sunk hundreds of hours into two, I don't want to just keep doing that. I want something, give me another reason. And it doesn't sound like they're giving me that. So this weekend's all about Link's Awakening. And I don't feel that bad about it. I'm really excited to hear what you think of that. That that game, I keep looking at Switch lights, man. I mm-hmm. definitely can't do it. I'm sitting here telling myself, no, you can't afford a $60 game. I definitely can't afford to go down the almost $300 road that is getting a Switch or a Switch light and getting Link's Awakening. But I man, have, I, keep I have a question at on it. this front. Yeah. Because I'm similar to John in that regard, like Switch. So, yeah, seems cool. Should set aside some money, get one. But then. A thought occurred to me is that I need to get an, 
a VR headset. <laughs> and I'm oh. like, if you, so Scott, because you've experienced both the Quest, which seems like the right one to pick. I love the Quest. Um, yeah. It's great. Between like a Quest and a Switch Lite, which do you think is the better? You know, if you only had to pick one, because that's kind of what I'm looking at a little bit. I was like, I can get a Switch, but why don't I get a VR headset? All right. If it was, this is going to be a complicated answer because it, because it's you asking. It depends on who asks me. The fact that you're <laughs> yeah, asking, I'm asking this, for me. Yeah. yeah it, because I, if, knowing what I know about you, I think that A, you should aim for a VR headset. But B, I might caution as just reminder that, and you know this already, so I don't really mean I'm reminding you, but I would say mm. the Quest is this self-contained device that runs wonderfully and does, I love it. I think it's amazing. And I think it's the future of VR. That's how stuff's going to go. Untethered, um, you know, uh, freestanding sort of, let me create room space on the fly, like not tethered to a thing, not worried about stupid satellite boxes that are telling you where everything is in the room like inside out tracking, all that stuff I think is the future. And so for me, that thing is the bomb and, and definitely the, the first of hopefully many strides in that direction. However, knowing the kind of gamer you are and the kinds of things you're going to want to do with it, including stuff you already have, like Elite Dangerous or whatever else you may have on your hard drive that could take advantage of VR, No Man's Sky, for example, whatever, I would actually recommend the other Rift, the Rift S, uh, which is the uh, same same um, optics and uh, capabilities, and including inside-out tracking, so that's still nice, but it is tethered to your PC. Um, hmm. The advantage there is you get to play all the stuff you already own. The disadvantage is you're not truly wireless, and you can't just go anywhere with it. Um, so it's a trade-off there, and I fully acknowledge that trade-off. So it just depends on the gamer and what they're trying to do. I think that knowing okay. you and knowing the library you have, you probably would like the versatility. Um, and it's also, it's not so much that that device is more powerful, it's just that it uses your PC, which is more powerful in theory than the than the Quest would be on okay. its own. Are, are your Steam purchases available on the Quest? Like, oh, know, yeah. If you wanted to. Because one of the things is like, my computing area is comfy, but I probably want to move to a different room to do VR, like if I'm swinging and boxing. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I want to do it here. So... There's an appeal to the console version of the VR. I, I agree. I agree. Room. I, I um, agree, and that's why it was a big deal for me. I, I just, I'm not set up to have a quality VR experience anymore where I do my studio stuff. Um, even though, you know, the, a PC with a really good video card is is what can make VR truly magical. But I feel like the Quest is just about there. It looks great. I'm playing Beat Saber and other games that have PC equivalents, and it looks great. I'm not having. Any, no, no part of me is going, oh, this is a lesser experience. Like, not at all. The fidelity's there. Mm. The movement's there. The tracking is there. The controllers are the same. Um, and the only difference is one is tethered to your PC. The other one isn't. And it's still really affordable, though. They're $399. Is it $299 or $399? I forget. But both of them are the same price. Quest or the S are the exact same price. So it's not like you have to choose between a $900 one and a $300 one. Because, um, like, John... Because what John's saying is like it's the time of year where people start thinking about shopping for Christmas. Like mm -hmm. John being on the fence about it, it's the perfect um, hint, hint, John's girlfriend. If you're listening, mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he probably won't buy the Switch, but he'd really love it if he got one, or his mom or dad or whoever might we, be listening. We work at the same place. <laughs> if I can't afford it, she can't afford it. <laughs> Maybe Santa Claus can afford it. Uh, 
but anyways, you know, uh, for me, I you know, I, I appreciate your analysis of it because as appealing as the Switch is, I'm like, eee. I mean, the Switch is more like if the, the Switch for me, I'll tell you why I own a Switch and love the Switch. I like I love Nintendo games. I don't think anybody makes better games uh, games games <laughs> nobody makes games that are more mechanically innovative than they do and they always up uh, raise the bar and everyone who works anywhere that makes great games will tell you nintendo's the inspiration i love them and i love their games and you can only get them on their pl- platform so that's one reason second reason is indies are super awesome on this thing that's my favorite place to play smaller um less heard of games i knew normally only see on steam or whatever they're just excellent on that device. If those two things attract people, that's the decision. That's the one you want. If you're primarily a PC gamer and you're happy to stay in that ecosystem, I'd go the VR helmet headset rather and go with the either the S or the last generation Rift, although I wouldn't recommend that or the Vive because I just, honestly, it feels so archaic to set up towers now. And like have it all beam into each other. Okay, is this all good? So, so well, that one's not far the enough Rift to the Rift S doesn't have... No, the Rift S doesn't have towers. No, it's all inside out tracking. So you do the same there's thing as you there, do with the wireless. There's one. no tracking piece anywhere. It's just you. You are the tracking piece. So what happens okay. is you put that I helmet. Like that. Yeah. You put that helmet on your head. Either one. Quest also, and you go. It'll say it'll, you can see through a camera that's built into that thing. You can see the outside world, and the outside world's all kind of gray, um, monochrome. But it says, "All right, just start drawing a circle. You start drawing this green circle wherever you have space on the floor." And once you've connected the lines of your circle or your square or whatever shape it is, it doesn't matter. It can be shaped like freaking Florida, big penis. It doesn't matter. It'll say, oh, okay, cool. Is this your space then? Yes. You're done. That's all you have to do. It's awesome. And I love it. And it's the only way this stuff should move forward. I mean, I understand that there's a, there, there are some fidelity issues and some stuff where, you know, tower tracking um, eliminates most, if not all, dead zones and things like that that you don't 100% eliminate with inside out, like over the head stuff and a few things like that, but it's still worth it to me. So if I was going the PC route, I'd get the S over the, um, either the, uh, the valve one, which is top of the line, no doubt. Awesome stuff, but I don't want towers anymore. I don't want the Vive Pro. I don't want any yeah. of that. Towers are for losers. No offense, tower lovers. It's so funny that you picked that too, because as soon as Bo offered that choice, like gut reaction for me was like, oh, the Switch, but like, I definitely think we are for Bo because I've never known Bo to be the guy who's like, man, guys, I'm so excited. I got the console that's relevant and a part of the discussion right now. And I get to join in on the zeitgeist of society. He's more like, show me something new. Show me something unique. Show me something I haven't done before. Yeah. Uh, And I think he's you're probably going to get that with VR. Probably not necessarily going to get that with a switch light. Yeah, I mean the the best thing because I have played I have a DK two from ancient times. It's screen door is bad. It's I don't really want to use it. It's got towers and garbage. Yeah, that I don't want to set up and have to reconfigure to put off and put on. But the thing that I find most appealing about VR is just I'm trying to hit the the edge, being extreme and make myself throw up and stuff. <laughs> Like that, that's, that's like a, I'm just like, oh man, this thing's really getting me sick. This is awesome. You know? So that's, I wonder how you uh, see that's interesting. Cause the newer headsets do so much to negate that and make it not a problem anymore for people to get motion sick. My wife got motion sick on the original, uh, dev kit stuff and a little woozy on the first, um, uh, uh, vive, but this, 
these things now, um, tethered or otherwise, she's no problem with it. So I wonder what you'd have to do to really push it. You know, you'd have to find a game. I'd like to play Farah in Overwatch in a headset. (laughs) Because see, like these first-person shooters that are really movie, they have these weird controls where that you teleport places. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Eh, don't do that to me. You just want to run around. There, there are definitely ones where you can run around. Like in in the default setting in No Man's Sky in VR is the teleportation method because it limits motion sickness. Like that's sort of a proven thing. But you can turn that off. Oh, okay. Run around okay. all you want. You can do whatever you want. Good. Okay. So I uh, see. I wasn't aware, and it's totally cool. If you get motion sickness, I want them to put these things in there for you. But part of the appeal is getting that woozy feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, I don't know. It's yeah. just a rush. I just you know when you're yeah. falling off a building and you're like I'm gonna die. It's like yeah. That's I never t- actually want to be in that situation, but it's interesting to feel those feelings. Sure. Yeah, like uh, Strange Days, that great Catherine Bigelow film. I love that movie, dude. That movie, that movie is a classic, dude. Even though it's like takes place in the future of 1999 or something like that, like (laughs) 2011 or something. That's the only problem is it was made in the 90s, and it the the movie takes place in 99, which wasn't that far off. If I were Catherine Bigelow, I would have made it 2020 or something. She screwed can, that up. Hey guys, can we jump forward a little bit further? <laughs> More than like four we're gonna years. get there real soon. <laughs> yeah. See, I'd hate them for them for, to use other actors, but that movie with the, like a David Villeneuve mm-hmm. level director, the remake would be oh, just great. I would love that. I mean, he's. But it, oh, I love that guy. I think it would be really hard for like I have to get a, a woman director too because it deals with some very intense mm-hmm. uh, you know sexual power relationships and well rape is in it mm-hmm. um it's so part want, it's part of the i want to handle tastefully but like right. but also it's intense like it's it, it's not shied away from either well it's the very, point of the story is to say look if this was a thing this would be where we'd go with it and we'd ha- and there's all the questions you have to ask about what that means like what does this mean about yeah. people that were you know that they're rape simulations and that you could become addicted mm-hmm. to that's a great great movie good it's a good movie it's really good it's really smart and thoughtful about all of it but doesn't shy away from it either it's yeah it's got a i don't know if you can make it nowadays but maybe people be too sensitive about oh i think you could do it i think it's more of an hbo series though right like a long form thing or netflix or something like it'd have to be like yeah. a multi-series thing and i would totally watch that but it's got voldemort in it and freaking um lady who should have been storm i don't know anyone's name uh, it has what Ralph Fiennes and uh, should have been stored. There you go, Ralph Fiennes. Ray spelt as Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, Ralph Fiennes, and then the lady is awesome. She was in Juliet Lewis. She's the she's uh, Wakanda grandma now. Angela Bassett. Her, yes, she should have been Storm back then in the first. Oh, oh, you're so right. She's a like a. You know what she is? She's like a William Gibson Street Samurai bodyguard cyberpunk thing she's without so cool. any body enhancements, like yeah. just. Just like she drives a super limo, yep. she beats people up. Like it's she's amazing. She's great. Um, yep, love that lady. Yeah, she should do more things. Uh, she should be more than I almost said Pink Panther. She be she be more than Black <laughs> Panther's mom. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, this, oh, the you worst. Know who else is in it? Oh, who? What's that? David Hatter, I think his name Dave, is. David no. Hater. Dave. No. Solid. You know snake? who I'm thinking about? Not solid. Maybe. Well. <laughs> Hold on. You know, you know that guy always plays like a. I last seen him in Ghost in the Shell. He's in it for all of five seconds when the robots like you know mess him up in the beginning. Was that the movie? The movie one that came out. I didn't see yeah, that. The movie one. 
Um, he's in like a ton of stuff. He's got a super that. gravelly voice. Freaking, I gotta look this up now. Strange Days. Oh look at uh, Yeah, ninety. That movie came out in ninety-five. They had all the forethought of five years. Four, excuse me, four years. Yeah. For the future to turn. Ah, yeah. oh, guys, it was <laughs> we're gonna have, we're gonna have squid technology. I'm like, no, we're still like, guys, we're we're really gonna turn this around. Oh, Tom, Even you're all afraid of Y2K. Uh, Tom Sizemore, I think it's uh, Michael Wincott. Oh, well, Michael Winnicott's awesome. I love that guy, or Wincott. Yeah. yeah, he's great, dude. Yeah. He plays like a bad, like, you know, the bad dude, the, the heel, the douchey guy, and he's super good in this movie. He's in, uh, he's in um, the uh, the Crow. He's the bad guy in the Crow, and he's really good in that. He's, uh, oh my gosh, he's good in everything. Name something Michael Wincott's in that he's not good in. And I dare I you. I don't know. I want you to name something because I can't picture him yet. Oh, my but Lord. name's familiar. Uh, I know I know who he is. Um, hold I'll on. Paste I, it, I'm pasting it into the chat here. I'll give you, I'll Michael, give you some. Um, Michael Wincott. He's in a bunch of video games lately, but uh, let's see. He's in... He's got a very distinct voice. Uh, the Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Oh, his voice is insane. He's in Halo 2. He was Prophet of Truth in that. Um, anyway, he was in, let's see, Treasure Planet. Um, I'm going back a ways. Alien Resurrection, he was in that. Oh, that's what I know him from. Yep, you know him from that. Strange Days, we just he's mentioned. In, he's in Forsaken. Three Musketeers. Uh, he's in that dude what lived in a cave for a while. What's the name of that movie? <laughs> dude what lived in a cave for uh, a while. He's Guy of Gisborne in the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves thing, the Kevin Costner Oh, yeah, movie. this guy's this guy's great. He is like great. He is a thousand times great. Bo is 100% right about that guy. I wish he was in more things, but that is like one of his iconic roles in my mind is playing, uh, what's this character's name? He has a, a y- Wygo, what's his name? I forget. He's so good, though. Uh, Philo, Philo Gant. Philo. That's yeah. a cyberpunk name for you. Anyway, the point is, that stuff's good. That's uh, what I was picturing him from was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He's super <laughs> creepy in that movie. Yeah, he was good. Everything I do. I, that movie's yeah, really bad, movie. but great. It's a great time. It's bad. That's great, though. But bad. Uh, all right, let's talk about the worst news of the week. The worst thing has happened. Nope. There is a new multiplayer Resident Evil game in the works. <laughs> that is a four versus one multiplayer thing, a bit like uh, Dead by Daylight. These games that are, you know, kind of hot right now, where it's a uh, asynchronous sort of four of you versus the big bad guy, and then it kind of rotates or whatever. It's basically King of the Hill the way yeah. they used to do it back in the not King of the Hill, uh, but in Quake, yep. uh, the Quake One, Quake or uh, one Unreal Days. Boom Hour. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's I can't remember the name, but it was a thing. That was the thing they did in those games. They were mods, and these are just like souped-up versions of those. But anyway, a four versus one multiplayer thing where you can be, wait for it, Mr. X. F you game, not going near that piece of shit. Not a chance. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. We're gonna play it. No. It's gonna be great. Oh my lord. It's gonna be great. Don't what if you got to be Mr. X, Scott? You're not the one getting scared then. You're the one doing the scaring. See, I then thought he'd say, I'm bad at this. Here's you want to play m- maybe, but here's what happened to me when I played Dead by Daylight and I played the villain. I think I was yeah. Jason or something because they were doing one of their tie-ins, and um, that also scared me. <laughs> like <laughs> because the the people creeping around are scary to see creeping around, and then me running after them, and then they throw a thing to trip me, and then I got to break th- all of that stuff made me jump, and I didn't like it. And so I think it'd be the same problem. However, I say all of this. I know I'm going to play this. So 
fine. It's, it's going to be fun. Now, one cool thing is it's not that you just you play Mr. X and that's it. And that's who you play. Uh, you actually um, that's one part that's sort of like essentially considered like the ult of that role. It sounds like mm-hmm. like you have a lot of abilities like you basically play. I don't remember what the name is, but it's like the observer or something like that. And you're watching all these people very uh, jigsaw style on monitors while they go through puzzle rooms mm-hmm. and you're controlling things like let's release monsters now let's mm-hmm. turn the lights out now let's do this now like it's very <laughs> mastermindy that might actually be what it's called of like when am i gonna unleash something on these players as they try to uh you know complete their objectives yeah. and they can do stuff to counter you like one of the girl's special abilities is she can disrupt your ability to see what's going on on the monitor Mm -hmm. Um, but you can also do the whole assuming direct control and take control of a zombie or mr x things like that and attack them directly so Hmm. i don't know seems pretty cool they're you know if you only count the last two resident evils they're two for two they are they had a rough patch and then these last two have knocked it out of the park as far as i'm concerned um even though i only played technically half of two uh seven genuinely got under my skin and i thought it was an amazing direction that game um and i think that i will give them a benefit of the doubt but i will only do it with you guys i can't just do this with strangers there's no way yeah F we'll that. do it yeah F i that. think i i'm very interested to try it it's definitely like a world and a an idea and a pitch behind it that i'm excited for i think the hard thing for people with the the asynchronous multiplayer is it does become a challenge because if we're say a group of three, say we can only get three people together to play it. Okay. Well, we're most definitely all going to be queuing as survivors then to play the game. Right. And you're never going to have that moment where one's playing a killer. Or even if you have all five, then it's like, okay, well, do we just pretend we can't hear each other on comms or do we kick one person off comms while he's the killer? There's fun to be had, but there's additional steps that you kind of have to take to, hit what you know in most other multiplayer games where you're all on the same team you just get in and play it so right right well i'm curious <clears throat> curious about it for sure we'll see if it uh you know ends up on our on our playlist or not um i mean bo you just you'd play that right that's cool you like scary games if you had to i, mean, I think so uh yeah. not no I, I don't like scary games yeah i like gross games really well, that, expl- yeah. that explains why you had to keep changing your pants after we played um, Gears 5 and you would saw a guy in half and then Bo would say, hang on a second, guys, and you have to go change his pants every time. Yeah, I I, I really get... I've been playing nothing but Gears 5 the past week. It, it, it's really fun sawing dudes in half. It is The good. more I thought about what you just said, Scott, the worse it, it got. It got worse. And and I, I, yeah, I did the same like thing. Where, anywhere where it went. Oh, wait. Did yeah. I miss something? No, as I said it, no, as I said it, the meaning took on a different meaning, and I was like almost happy to hear, hear us go past it. But John was kind enough to remind us how terrible it was going. So it's all fine. <laughs> It's all fine. I missed it completely, to be honest it's, with you. It's, so it's okay. Cool. Don't worry about it. But I like sawing people in half in that game, as you all found out last week. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. And I'll let so, you know about also, it every time I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Gears because, is good. I can I yeah, I've got lots to say about the game, although I don't know if we, we want to stop there. But needless to say, we'll play Resident Evil if there's a nice 4v1 thing. But I mean, we were playing Gears 5 horde mode, and Scott even screamed a few times then. Oh, yeah. yeah that's true. There'd be a guy around the corner, he'd be like, Woo! 
you know, I'm like, whoa, this is intense. Maybe it's, we don't need to turn that up. It scares me. Like the, I mean, I'll. It's funny. We talked once about whether these games I'm streaming that are scary have desensitized me to horror games, and in some ways, I think they have. They've made me a little less paralyzed because I used to get just paralyzed by them. Just can't do anything. Put the controller down. Put my hands in my face and hope for the best. Right. But for whatever reason, they've they have softened that bit up so I can pay attention to mechanics, go where I need to go, uh, do what I have to do, get it done, finish these games like that. That's new for me. So streaming has helped me do that. But it doesn't stop certain things from just jumping at me. Like there's a scene in Gears 5 early on when you're down in that dark tunnel and those little naked white guys are after you and they're popping out of water. It's part of the campaign. Uh, the sires yeah is that what they're called the little naked they, uh, they, they grab onto you and they try and pull you somewhere and then if they pull you too long they rip your head off they're it's... awful they're freaking off is that the naked guys the little white naked guys yeah 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 there's sorry you're in the lab with the walking crt and then the crt screws you no it was the it's very early and you're on you're like in a you're almost in oh like you a... just mean the, the the drones like they're like freshly born locust dudes yes i mean they're just they're, they look like maggot people yes the little speedy little speedy maggot people i don't like them at all oh no you're talking about juvies the small little monkey guys that go <laughs> yeah and chase after you and they run yeah, yeah. yeah i hate them don't like them so there's they're called juvies and then the ones with uh explosive on them are called poppers hold on this is a funny this is a funny thing happening in the chat right now. I'd like to share if you guys don't mind. Uh, somebody named Sulfur Fart is in the chat and uh-huh. he says, hey, guys, what are your names? I'm new to the stream. Uh, and I, I was about to answer it when you got done. But then he went on to say, which is the bald guy? Sure, I've seen him somewhere else. <laughs> so, all over the place. So John is the bald guy. I am uh, mm-hmm. Scott and that's Bo. Welcome to the show, Sulfur Fart. If you, you direct it. your you attention it. under our name or under our yeah, it's right there, Scott. Our, our names Bo, are John. See, are there? Right but nice there. to meet you. Thank you for for joining <laughs> us on the. <laughs> Which today. one's the bald guy? Is it John? Because the name's right under it. I don't know. <laughs> hey, no, but know, people things people, have happened. People uh, hear us and then meet me and John, and then when they see us, they think we're the reverse. Oh, is that true? They, they know one's a long hair guy and the other's a. Oh, short I didn't realize guy. that. I'm not making and fun. I'm not making fun either way, Sulfur Fart. In fact, your name is what I have today. I have the Sulfur Farts today. So thanks for reminding mm-hmm. me of that. All right. Uh, hey. Interesting side note uh, on Sulfur is that um, if you smell the Ooblex that we encountered in There Will Be Dungeons, yeah. the description actually says that it smells faintly of sulfur. Really? Is that true? Mm-hmm. Why don't yeah. I? Okay, I don't remember that. I like it though. Well, we didn't smell. Did we it. not? <laughs> so, so this isn't actually a person. This is an oblex in the chat. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> it wants to eat our memories. I Look see. for the tether. That's how you know. Is That's it, how you know. Is it always there. the tether? That's how you know. Yeah. All right. Well, I learned something new today. Uh, all right. Let's talk about this idea John's got. Tinfoil hat time. Hold on. Got to play the theme for that. All right. John has know, this theory. I feel- feel like i'm treading on bow territory but this hit me today i was welcome to my club (laughs) looking at news stories and uh, immediately i just turned into an animated gif of like numbers flashing in front of my faces and like oh i I can see it all i can see beyond the veil here um so basically uh forbes reported uh that bioware has come out and said what their 
their next plans are for Anthem. And they said they're they're underwhelming, basically, if you if you listen to them. Okay. And uh, a summary essentially of what their announced plan is is them basically saying we know the game has a lot of problems. We know there's a lot of work that needs to be done. We're dedicated to continuing to try and improve the game. Uh, we put out this update. We're canceling our current plans for how we were originally going to go and do updates because we need to take a more long form approach to doing this. We're going to put out some little seasonal stuff while we get this stuff in order in the spirit of what we've already done. But we're looking at big improvements down the line. And it got me thinking that maybe Anthem is going to be our next Final Fantasy XIV where they put a game on standby. Mm. Here's something to keep the people that are there and invested and interested just going through the motions and continuing to play while they work on a follow-up to it mm. that they are going to re essentially relaunch the game with and have, you know, for good or for bad, I can't speak to the quality for Final Fantasy XIV. Obviously, it worked out. Right. But... Here's what the game should have been, and they put that out at a later time. Interesting. I mean, I hope you're right. We've all, well, no, we all did the other thing, right? Where we, uh, we did the monthly thing, so we weren't really invested yeah. past that. But no, twenty bucks. Yeah, but still, if you came, if you were able to come around and go, oh my gosh, did you guys hear how good it is now? I'd be a great thing to hear. I'd be all into that. I don't have a ton of faith that they'll do that. But I'm not so cynical that I wouldn't, I mean, I would accept it and that would be great. Like, why not? The thing with Final Fantasy is the original launch, 14, which just panned, just everyone hated it, said, what is this horrible garbage thing you made? And that feels a lot like this game. And they're different games, obviously, in very different genres. But, um, man, if they can turn that thing around the way they did, why not these guys? Sure. I mean, honestly, they have the money and the talent is whether or not they just want to spend it and do it. And if they do, great. I'd be all in. I'd want that game. I yeah. wanted that game to be great. We never actually, I played with Kyle a whole bunch, but the rest of us never really got games to work right so that we could all get in and do right. anything. I couldn't play it. It was unplayable. The load screens were hideous. I'd get kicked out of stuff before I could get into it. I'd get into a thing and then come in and the guy was done by the time I got there and I immediately went to another nine-minute load screen. Like That thing was broken. Broken-ass broken game. If they could figure out a way around that, Hell yeah, I'd be back. I'd play it. Yeah. No problem. No question. Um, but I do, you know, admire those who are sticking with it in a way that's, you know, getting in all the time and seeing what changes they're doing and, you know, taking that bullet for the rest of us. But, you know, give it another year, maybe. I mean, I don't think it can go very long. Like, how long do you think they can get away with that timeline wise? I don't know. I mean, I, I think the thing that gave Final Fantasy an advantage was they were asking for a subscription, right? So in theory, that if they brought in enough people back to it, you say, okay, well, here's the thing, and they're going to be paying monthly for this thing, and that's how we make up these profits. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case in Anthem. What do you do? Like, at a certain point, are they, you know, is what I'm talking about just them doing a sequel to Anthem and saying... <laughs> Trust us, guys, we got it right the second time, mm -hmm. uh, which honestly is kind of what Destiny does. Like, I I wound up liking Destiny. Mm -hmm. By all accounts, I would love Destiny 2 if I got in and gave it another shot, but it was always like, hey, give us another $60 now that we made our game good, and I could never really 
get behind that idea. Mm. Yeah, uh, same. I don't know. I, Destiny pulled it off. You're right. And it was a bummer at first, especially two. And then everyone tells me now that's the best thing ever and people should get into it. I still haven't really pulled the trigger and I own it, but I don't know. I just can't. I can't get excited about looter shooters right now. I don't know why. What do you think that's about? Why do you think one of my favorite kinds of genres, suddenly I don't care about them? I don't know why. Well, how do you feel about shooting? I like shooting. Shooting's How do you feel about looting? I like looting. How do you feel about doing both of those at the same time? Looting and shooting? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I need someone to show me something new. I feel like I'd rather okay. be I'd rather be I'd rather be in Diablo shooting something in a three quarter view and looting what gets popped out of those people that I that I shoot. All right. What if Mr. I'm bringing the Diablo show back? What if it's not three quarter view? What if it's third person? If Diablo four or whatever they call it is third person behind the back game. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, I'm going to play it. And of course, I'm going to think that Blizzard maybe does it better than anybody but I will be sorely disappointed, at least initially, until I've actually had a chance to play it. I won't judge it until I play it, but I don't think that that's as fun as it could be. Even though I, I like third-person games. I actually really do, but I think they're best served as, like, action games, adventure games, um, you know, Nathan Drake-style stuff. That sort of thing, I think, is is perfectly suited for a third-person type ex- experience. I never felt like the loot, the looty games that I want in my life are more fiddly. I don't like the perspective to be so on the ground. I want to be up godlike and I want to make decisions based on a screen's worth of real estate. And it's, it's probably just because that's all I did in, in the past. And, and I'm just not a, you know, I'm just not a Fortnite kid anymore or whatever. I never most, was, but you know most, what I mean? No, most items in looter, sh- like the looting and looter shooters, super overrated anyway. Right. Like it's not like, great. Destiny 2, it's like, I've got a power 283 gun. Well, I looted a power 281 gun. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm keeping the 283 gun. Have that happen 20 times. And now I got to go vendor it and, you know, all that stuff. It's just not fun. It's also tedious like diablo makes it easy to at least fender the trash so if you're gonna do it like diablo is like the best example of like looting done i think the best way i agree well and, that, um, and, that, and that's why borderlands at, at some point did that really well because i think they follow the diablo model it was like i pop open this chest and a million things fall out of it and i can run around and grab it i do wish you could just kind of run around and vacuum it i don't want to go inspect everything on the ground and then pick it up like to me, that just slows everything yeah. down. Whereas with a with a Diablo style thing, my mouse is just click, 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 click. Like it's the barrier to entry is so much easier that I think people forget that when they design these things. So I'm not saying yeah. Blizzard couldn't and, pull it off. I just I just don't know. But also, again, in Borderlands, when I played it, you get to a point where you get guns you like, and then everything's crap. <laughs> like right. you're looting until you find good things, and then it's just a shooter. <laughs> and then once in a while. You find an upgrade, but mostly you like the guns you have. It might be a more powerful gun, but you like the gun you have because you wanted a sniper rifle with the sweet re- active reload on it or something. Right. So you end up passing even on upgrades. It just tends to, to be overrated. You know, like the it gets called out as a genre a lot, but I'm just like, it more just needs to be a good shooter <laughs> than anything else. Yeah. Because Gears isn't a looter shooter, and it's fun to shoot things in Gears. So Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'd play that game more if it was a looter shooter, though. Like, there's something about the Gears world. I'd love it if it was more open-worldy and 
and send well, me Well, it has on progression a... now in Horde. That's something when we played, we there's this whole aspect of Horde that we missed completely when we played. Yeah. Um, it's like a Heroes of the Storm team now. Right? Yeah, because it took us 17 hours to get done where we could actually unlock something and progress. Yeah. It's long. It it well, long we road. actually made I had a lot of fun. But yeah. I, I, it was fun, but, but it's a commitment. That was like a raid night. But like, no, the, the the people you play as, they all have different load. Everyone has a unique combination of guns as a loadout. Yeah. Because yeah. I was complaining I couldn't get a sniper rifle. There's a guy, got a sniper rifle, revolver, all the weapons I wanted, and an assault rifle that is semi-auto and does good headshots. And But you can open up skill cards and level up the dudes and customize them that way. And they get better and better at Horde. Thus, you can increase the difficulty level as you get better. It's interesting, actually. Yeah, uh, They even have supports. You can Jack is a support. And I played as him a bunch, and he's really fun. Um, anyways... That's a little bit of a sidetrack from whatever we were talking about, but uh, you know, looter shooter. I don't know. Eh, I like the upgrades in Borderlands and stuff like that. It's not to be down on it, but I think just with looting games in general, if you're not getting meaningful upgrades, then it's a little bit. The game loop has to be right. I feel like Diablo has had the, to me, been my favorite. Diablo three just. Just the way well, they sort of. I, I think they it. kind of figured out that in the early stages, it is about just getting the better thing. You know, like at the very early, it's like, okay, it's about getting a magic thing. Then you get that, and then it's like, okay, get the thing that makes the number higher. And then mm-hmm. by the time you kind of progress to that, and the thing they make that interesting with is you're unlocking your abilities and you're making your character better. And that's how they make that interesting. And then by the time you get to what would be, you know, quote unquote, end game, and you just get to that point where it's that okay well i like my gear now so i'm done then they introduce the concept of set bonuses and how this works with this and how uh, legendaries work and now all of a sudden there's another new meta game of like okay well how can i turn this into a build to break the game in a real fun cool way right and i think that's pretty interesting i mean it has diminishing returns eventually but uh i think that's I think that's a pretty fun thing that they managed to unlock eventually with Diablo 3. Yeah, they got there. But all the Diablos in general, they all got the core thing right, which was, I'm a little fantasy dude. I'm hitting stuff. That stuff's popping out cool stuff for me. Now I'm more powerful than I was before. Ooh, look, more stuff. And really the only work I had to do was a lot of clicking. And even that they refined after Diablo 1. Because Diablo 1, every hit was a click. So you couldn't just hold down on a bad guy. You had to click, 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 hit, hit, hit. It was kind of bad, actually. But, but, you know, we didn't know any better. But they've always been able to nail that. And then others have come and done a pretty good job of replicating that. Path of Exile is pretty good at it. Um, I really like Grim Dawn. There's a lot of games like that that do a good job. Uh, But what I really want is them to make Diablo and then to make it so good that it lasts forever as a series of updates and it's a living game and I don't have to wait around for sequels. Like let's get there guys and let's do it in like 45 days. Is that right? I also hope it's a game that doesn't look old the second it comes out. Yeah. Well, that's part of the problem, right? Cause they, <laughs> they start these things seven I mean, years in advance and then when they finally put it out, the, you know, the graphics of Oh seven were put out in, 2012 <laughs> kind of you know i think we kind of plateaued a bit though they might be safe right now yeah, yeah. this is the best time to do it i agree like this th- you could get away with a lot of fidelity now without pushing too hard 
Um, mm-hmm. And that could be good. And it'll probably be in beta. So, like, it'll probably look good now. And then it comes out in a couple of years. And yeah. It's like, you know, we have some more fidelity in some kind. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm thinking. I'm excited. Bring it on. I'm excited, too. Need another one. And we'll see what how John's theory plays out in the future. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about what we played this week. We've been messing around, goofing off, playing video games a little bit here and there. So I do want to talk about Space Rocks because I think Bo or John put this in. I don't know who put that in. But... Bo did. Oh, thank you, Bo. This is a good idea. It is a good idea. Well, I keep seeing this it. game. You're developing a game. I'm making my own card this is game. A show about games. Yep. Uh, I have it in my hand. I have a te- I have a deck. Oh, man, I just realized. Well, okay, chat room. This is gonna look like garbage to you, but just fine to you guys because the green screen. This <laughs> box is green, so it's all oh. left up. <laughs> it looks terrible. Anyway, it's hilarious. It's the game of the future. <laughs> it's got a lot of licensed properties on it. That's right. Um, it's called Rock Runners Incorporated. I'm holding a sample deck in my hand. It's pretty much the final product, although there's some printing changes to the box and some. I have to get the instructions done. So there's a few things I got to do before we put it up and make it available. But anyway, uh, on the side it reads: "Space is a competitive place. Run the most rocks and you win." On the back it says: two, two to four players go head to head." in a frantic race to get the most base rocks, foil opponents, and walk away with enough credits to buy a solar system. Rock Runners Incorporated is easy to learn and hard to put down. Go get that big contract, Captain, before someone else does. A lot of dumb flavor text like that. Um, uh, up to four players can play this. Two to four, basically, it's head-to-head game or, you know, like I said, up to three of you could play, four of you could play with a single deck. Here are the actual cards. See, oh, again, it's all green. Hey, guys, see, it's just, it's just, there's a file format. Great. There's a file format called PNG, and you can make the pixels transparent. You use that yeah, that's what it is. These are PNG cards. <laughs> um, green screen's really effing with it. But... Truly, the card game of the future. I can see straight through it, yet it's somehow different on the other side. That's right. Now, every card uh, in here has a different purpose. Like, there are number, just number cards. Like, there's a seven with seven space rocks on it. Uh, here's one with ten. Whoops. There's one with 10 on it. Uh, here's one with uh, a full 100, which is a big deal. I won't explain it oh, right that's now. That's a lot of space rocks. It's a lot of space rocks. That is, in fact, the full amount of space rocks. If you have that card, that's a very good thing. Um, the rules on how to play that, of course, are coming soon. But then there's things like this, this eject button. Whoops. Here we go. Can you guys see that? Sort of. Uh, it says eject button. Oh, and all the art is mine, by the way. I forgot to mention I did all the art on these. Anyway, eject cargo. Yeah. Discard this card from your uh, from your hand and draw a new one. Does not add to the space rock total. Uh, that won't make sense unless you know the rules. But there's all kinds of stuff like nanotech uh, compression and explosion on your ship that removes a bunch of rocks. There's one called catastrophic failure, and there's only one of these in the entire deck. You, it's a huge oh, no. deal if you get that card. I um, have a question for you, yeah, Scott, yeah. about your game go how difficult has it been to not use the motto get your rocks off <laughs> oh um, now scott's kicking himself he's got to yeah, go back to the print well we haven't gone full production yet so hmm maybe i could sneak something in we'll have to see oh here's the other nice thing so if you uh win a game there are five of these per deck these cards right here which again look okay to you guys probably but to them it looks kind of bad but it's double-sided it's like a canadian loony it's got a hole in it yeah it's and it's a, like an angled a space credit, basically. I'm trying to get an angle that looks okay to them. Um, a buckazoid. Yeah, and it's got and it's got metal um, contacts on it, so it's like you verify your money by plugging it into computers and stuff. 
Anyway, I have all this backstory about why these are cool, but it's like BSG style with the corners on it. Anyway, there are nice. five space credits per deck, and you play five rounds, and the best of five rounds, whoever has the most space credit cards wins, and you get these by winning a round. So <clears throat> there's a lot more to it. If you want to follow its development, because things are happening fast now, head on over to frogpants.com slash rockrunners, and there's a whole webpage describing it, some better pictures than the horrible green screen you're looking at now. Um, and uh, you can kind of get an idea of what that's all about, and I'm very excited about it, as you might notice in my voice. Uh, all right, putting that over there. So watch for that. More stuff coming soon. Uh, again, that's frogpants.com slash rockrunners. Also, this week, I played a ton of WoW. Guess what I'm about to unlock? John, take a wild guess. What am I about to do? Are you are you about to unlock Flying Scott? Oh my gosh, I'm so close. Closer Me than too, I thought actually. I was. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I got to Revered with Mechagon. So now I just have the nightmare-fueled world of Najatar to finish up in, and I'm good to go. I'm about equal in both those places, but I need both those reps, and then I'm done. Uh I had a lot of making up time to do because I don't do the Tortolan stuff very much back in the day. I kind of avoided it because I hate those quests so bad. Oh, they're um, the best. Oh, one's they're just the memory. Best. Yeah, that one's easy, but some of them are terrible. Here, make a circle around me. Okay, cool. And then they had the, the turtle has made it to the water thing. But then they changed it so that there's the turtle getting to the water. Then there's the, hey, you're the crab in the scenario. Uh, murder the heck out of some turtles and then what's the third one there's a third one a third uh, variation on that or am i thinking of something else Maybe no there's kill the turtles save the turtles look at the things <laughs> i forgot that's, what it is that's it and then this and then the follow the pattern on the ground thing which are so but now there's dumb. the new guy that lets you play bejeweled and lets you uh untangle threads oh right i don't mind that I hate the ones that are, I hate the ones that are like move the turtle through the little maze and get to the finish thing. I hate those. Oh yeah. The logo. Yeah. I hate that. So those aren't fun, but they, so I avoided them. So then when I went to go look at how I was doing for my Pathfinder quests, uh, or achievements, it was all like your Tortolan stuff is in the shitter. Everything else is good. You revered a long time ago with everybody, but the turtles are pissed. So I've been cranking on those turtles, man, like a wild person, and Gross. I'm gonna get there. So I think you just need to go slow and steady with the turtles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't just you know they move at their own pace. And it annoys me that I I, I I kept skipping them because I would be I'd be done with them by now, and I'm not. So I am about halfway through Najatar, getting that to revered. Yeah, and uh, then I'm then I'm done. Then I. I don't know what I do. I fly around. Yeah, then you'll fly. I will fly. You'll fly. And you can fly around Najatar and hate it from above. Right. And then I can go get, well, it'll be a lot easier from above because then you just drop down and do it and get out. But, um, uh, yeah. Me- Mech- <laughs> you have to be a part of that stupid world. I do. <laughs> I'm above it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been there. I don't know. Just from your guys. Especially John is like, ah, Najatar. Ah, it's pretty, gross. it's pretty bad, but I'll tell you what, the freaking Mechagon is amazing. I love it there. It's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just enjoying it. I'm having a really good time. I love doing, I like world quests. I always have. So I like them. I like doing them. You know, wow. Wow is a game. I like playing it. I also played some of that Lord of the Rings adventure card game. Do you guys know what this is? Have you heard of this? No. Let me tell you about this. So yeah. Dan Patrice recommended it. 
And, uh, you know, Dan, remember Dan? We used to play with Dan yeah, all the I time. Like, I like Dan. Yeah, he Dan's was my good. roommate at BlizzCon one year. Yeah, he's a good man, that Dan. And, um, Wayne, I thought, oh, no, Bo was with... Uh, he was also my roommate at Nerdtacular with Bo. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh. You guys were all three together. That's right. I couldn't remember how that worked Dan out. Dan Dan the table, Tabletop Man? Yes, Dan Dan the Tabletop Man. He recommended what a, this. What a stand-up guy. He yeah, is a stand-up he guy. He's awesome. And he uh, here's the cool thing about it. Uh, he recommended this because he said he called it a living card game, not a CCG and LCG. I'd never heard of that term. Well, I've it heard has of it. thoughts, feelings, and emotions, <laughs> and you will respect them if you wish to play the game. Well, when I approached it, I was like, "What does that even mean?" And he says, "Well, you'll love this because think of what about the think about the things you like about Hearthstone and the things you hate. What do you hate? Well, what I hate is everything." A lot of things, but part of what I hate is I gotta I gotta go get decks and I gotta open decks and I gotta hope the decks have things I want in them. Uh-huh. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I gotta get card packs and yeah. I gotta build decks and yeah. I gotta play the cards. I don't Scott mind the likes play. Hearthstone, like he likes anime. I don't Not mind the playing. Really, actually, I like the playing. The problem is, it's the it's the collecting. It's the C and the CCG. I don't like. I hate it. Just like CG card game. I just want to play a card game. I want to play. I like deck builders which is a whole other thing, but this is a living card game, an LCG, a lot closer to a deck builder. Uh, you play the I game. I like a good game of cribbage, and that's just a card game. Kind of like that, uh, except what it is is there's no decks to open. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Everything's there. It's all there for you. Now it's just down to your brain to figure out good strategy and get through these levels and do this stuff. And it's all set in the Lord of the Rings world. It's all very Tolkien, not so much Peter Jackson, a little bit more true to the books visually, I feels like anyway, or aesthetically, it feels like it. Uh, and you're doing this adventure and you're killing dudes and taking names and doing stuff. And it just came out of early access and is now fully released. And I really like it. He was right. It's fun. So it's a video game version of this. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. I should, I should have mentioned that it's a tabletop game converted to a, uh, a video game, which is now on steam. I mean, the slay the spire, I guess it's not a clone, but the single player card adventure is kind of that. Yeah. Like slay the spire, open the floodgate for people to go. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, minus mm-hmm. the minus the randomness and the sort of roguelikeness of it, it's more like a, sure, it's its own thing. Yeah, yeah but I, I understand that it's a card based single player game. Yeah. which is does you know, the it's cool video game aspect well, allow Aragorn to give speeches where he slowly turns into Kermit the Frog? <laughs> no, no, but he is in the game, and so is a very ridiculous Gandalf, just ridiculous Gandalf, which again, the book's a little bit more ridiculous anyway, right? So yeah. it's a little more close to that. Um, Bilbo is annoying as hell. You know, it's got, it's got Lord of the Rings business going on for sure, but it's not, it's, this is not Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings by any stretch. I don't think, which it, to me is actually kind of nice. Cause I'm sort of sick of that aesthetic or I, I, I don't need to see more of it. I'm, I'm good. So show me something that's, you know, maybe a little bit different. Oh, but really peed in that bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Um, anyway, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say about it? Uh, the sounds are good. Music's good. It's a little harder than I thought, but I'm not great at these games. So that's probably a me thing. Um, but it seems neat. And uh, people should check it out. It's cool. A lot of people, I guess, are just in love with the tabletop one. And so they're super excited about the digital one. And I don't know how this holds up to that, but I like it. Seems good. John, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Playing WoW. What else? 
yeah, you know, we don't really need to talk about it. I've also been in the World of Warcraft world uh, like crazy. It, it grabbed me in a big way thanks to Classic and everybody just talking about it. And mm-hmm. That's been mostly that occasionally I dip into Diablo 3, but that's also pretty universally true. And other than that, working on prepping a D&D game for you two fellas yeah. for Sunday. Yeah. Do you have a contingency plan in case Kristen is just like, the only thing I want to do right now to R and R is play D and D because she's pretty into it. <laughs> yeah, I let you DM it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my contingency. She's no way. She's look. She did. By the way, so our good friends, the Ferguson. It was. She, yeah, we should. We okay. We should. Uh, we should have done this at the top of the show. We should have. I just. But, I forgot to do it. Yeah. But she went through forty-eight hours of labor. Forty-eight hours of actual clinical labor. Not. Oh, I'm having a contraction. Okay, I'll see you in a 20 minutes. It's not that. Like, heavy, full-blown, I'm in the hospital labor. For 48 freaking hours, they find, they finally have a little guy. His name is Flynn. Flynn Ferguson. They should make him an arcade and call it Flynn's Arcade. Anyway, uh, 10 pounds something plus, that is a monster-sized child for a first pregnancy. And she is tiny. We all know how little she is. She's not... Yeah, she Kyle's that's... Kyle uh, injected her with some kind of Bigfoot gene or something. I don't know what happened there. Well, that's kind of a gross no. thought. Let's not. <laughs> I mean, Scott, do you don't want to know. Once again, I made a face. I couldn't control the face I made, but I was going to just let you move on from it. And... You can <laughs> call it injection. <laughs> you jumped back. Oops. All right. All right. I didn't mean but to in go all there. seriousness, why, why is it important? Because maybe some listeners might not know if they just listen to the show or they're new, but Kyle and Kristen have played games with us after the show for like almost two years. Yep. And it's through Heroes. And they're like fourth and fifth cast members that aren't on the show that are like a permanent fixture here. So, yeah. It's a really big deal for us. It's here. a huge cool. deal. It's like family given somebody in the family had a baby. That's kind of what happened. And uh, mm-hmm. we're really excited for them. We were all, you know, pulling for them while it was this long 48 hour uh, thing. I've never known anybody to go that long in labor, but uh, just crazy. But then. My th- so my point in all that is I don't think she's going to be there Saturday because I wouldn't be not after yeah, a ten pound kid in forty eight hours. Yeah. I, it was a random thought. I had a couple of them. You probably don't want to hear all of them. It's all the tinfoil that you love. But one of them was Kristen might just be like, you know what? I don't need TLC. I need to slay things. In I D&D. mean, Kristen's pretty hardcore. She she could definitely that could like, be an I could see it being like, listen, I've been under and had a hard time playing because of pregnancy. I'm free from the yoke of childbirth. Give me my character sheet <laughs> and give me my dice. Let's do this. Well, Just maybe saying. she. What if, so you don't have a plan. So I have to. I have to also plan. Well, what if John? No, you. Do, you don't. I could honestly. The only re, The only thing that would prevent them from being there is there is a story conceit for why they're not there. So I could just uh-huh. put them in there. So it would okay. be fine. All right. Uh, sorry. Someone in the chat says, I had said, because they were talking about Guillermo del Toro doing The Hobbit, and then he didn't. He fell off of it, and that's when Peter Jackson picked it up again. And I said, I would love to have seen GDT do Hobbit. <laughs> and uh, Unrelated Thing says, East Provo Dance Troupe? Yeah. <laughs> the dance troupe just up the road for me 30 minutes or so. That That's yeah. who I meant. I wish they would that's have done The Hobbit. That's who I was hoping would do The Hobbit as That's well. pretty funny. That made me laugh. Anyway, uh, all our best to Kristen as she uh, recovers. And uh, maybe you'll see her this weekend. Maybe you won't. But if we're doing John's thing, I'm stoked because I want to dust off Garpoon so bad. I just am stoked to play that dude again. So I'm kind of 50-50 on Baffo. I like him, but I'll be honest. I kind of want to. 
I want to f- be a foil to Garpoon a little bit. Hey, go for it. You be whatever you yeah, want to be. You can still be a foil to Garpoon. He's not hard to foil. Nah, I'm f- highly foilable. Plus, he's just, ah, oh, it's like he just sits around asking me every day, is it my turn yet? Like, he just wants to come out and play. And he gets to, and I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway, that's this weekend. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, Bo, what are you doing? Gears Horde or Gears 5? Uh, more of that? I played a ton of Gears. I bought the new Hearthstone solo adventure, which is the best version they've ever done of it. The, the items in it are really cool. Uh, there's little Nash. There's a sandworm named Nash. Yeah. Which the running theory is that it's your penis or your character's <laughs> penis. Yeah. That's For our listeners, theory. Nash Maggart's penis. Yes. The theory, it's guys. Not the only not, a and, theory until our DM confirms that it's true. But oh, no. the text on the card says this is only one half of Nash. Mm. So it's anyways. Uh, features, you know, all kinds of goodness in there that I did enjoy, except for. Time gated content. Please stop doing that, Blizzard. Mm. Not <laughs> I buy fan. the game and only half of it's available for play. Yeah, they do that a lot with a lot of their games. Uh, We're protecting because, you, know, you from yourself. You can't be a responsible video gamer. You need Blizzard well, to help you. The problem is, it's a dual edged sword. They have people who love their products and will ruin it for everyone else on the internet and YouTube videos. So I get why they do it. Yeah. But I still hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I'm never not going to like that. Yeah, but and you're going to acknowledge. You need to be mad at people who play too many video games yeah. today. And not because there's anything ethically wrong with it or them taking eye horse, but just the rest of us want to be able to enjoy things and also buy the whole product. I get anyway. that. And I think there's nothing wrong with what you're saying. I think you're right. I think that Blizzard should work on other ways to do this. But I think they think they have business reasons why the time gating makes sense. I wish they would revisit it and try to determine whether that's still true or not, because I don't think it is. I mean, look, it's a little morbid, but if Bo paid for that content, Mm -hmm. and then he were to die tomorrow, that's technically value they stole from him. He paid for all of the content, and he's being denied it. There it is. I'm sure there's some legalese about access. Anyways, I don't want to get on too big of a rant. ghost should come down and sue Blizzard. That's what I'm Uh, saying. I don't want to sound like Abraham Simpson from The Simpsons, as one of our lovely discard people commented on this week. That you're like Uh, that? That you're like Grandpa Simpson? I'm the yelling at clowns. Yeah, yeah. Yelling at clowns guy. It's funny. You'll get 100 compliments, and then one person will be like, you're like the old turkey on Simpsons. And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> My feelings. Wow. Um, but uh yeah I, I do want to focus on a positive thing and it's a recommendation for everyone i know everyone listening on some level loves video games and i actually watched i'm not a fan of the joe rogan experience and i'm not pimping a shit but john carmack did a two and a half hour quote interview with joe rogan and it was a fantastic watch and when i say interview it's Carmack going quantum physics means that the filaments in the circuit board are so small that the electrons can jump back and forth. And Joe Rogan going, huh? Uh, so what about AI? <laughs> like, it's literally like 90% John Carmack just being awesome. And, and Joe Rogan, like who actually, you know, to his credit played quake and knows some stuff about that game. Um, uh, I, you know, I'll have to check that out. I l- much of him, but it yeah. was a good, it's a long two and a half hours of John Carmack just being a nerd. And he's a full nerd, and it's brilliant, and he's a very positive person. So, all right, 
really rec- I really recommend it if you want to see something. Did he talk about cool. rocket stuff anymore? Because he used to be all into. Oh like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's still into that. All right. <laughs> he's still got his rocket. I can't remember what he called the company, but he's got a company for rocketry and and uh, that kind of stuff. It, it went everywhere. I mean, just it's just you know you put someone on a on a like an Energizer bunny, put mm-hmm. it down, and let it go. It was just he was just it was fascinating. Yeah. Everything from Doom to VR, which is actually why I brought up the VR stuff, because I'm like, John Carmack's selling me on VR. I forgot about that. Mm. Recommend. Well, very nice. Yeah, he still he was still, I think they still claim he took a bunch of secrets when he left uh, Bethesda and took it all to Facebook for Ocular. Could yeah, be. Because they, be. they were working on their thing down there. Anyway. Um, all right. Uh, you also said some. Oh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock specials are pretty good. The Dave Chappelle one, I didn't see the new Chris Rock one, but I really like the Dave Chappelle one. I do get the feeling, though, that some of my favorite comedians, I said this on Twitter, they seem to be punching down more than they should be punching up. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you I feel like that. you ought to, a bit. just a little bit of, you know, stick it I to mean, the man. I mean, I feel like this might lead us into territory we don't want you're, to you're explore right. or you're open right. the floodgates to, but I, I feel like right now, if you ask some comedians, I, I think there are probably some who feel like we got to defend the craft. It's under attack by people. So let's let's get people. Yeah, let's get them. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we don't need to get it. No, that. we don't. I just thought yeah. they were pretty good. I just put it there as a note. because we talked about Chris Rock being in Fargo. Uh, I went to the Dave Rock, Chris Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Rock, Chris Chappelle. Dave Rock. I well, just want to imagine Bo typing that into a search engine and getting repeatedly flustered with the results. Yeah. Dave Rock. <laughs> Dave Rock comedy. Dave Rock comedy special. Where the hell is it? Is this a Canadian thing? Yeah. Wasn't Dave Rock on SNL? What the hell's going on? Well, right, anyway. Next, they're going to tell me they don't have Chris Chappelle. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, that Dave Chappelle one is really good. Also, uh, that is if you like Dave Chappelle. That's kind of an acquired thing. But if you like uh, if you like Dark Crystal, y'all should watch that Dark Crystal series. It's insane. It's so oh, good. Oh, I heard that was really good. I'm it's so good. good Amazing fantasy, dude. Like, Does it have the Chamberlain in it again? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, it's a prequel, so you get to learn why the Chamberlain's such a freaking dick. Like it's, Does it explain where the mms came from? Just from him. From him, him and his soul. But here's the best part. Guess who plays the Chamberlain in this thing? Guess who's the voice? It's not the old, it's not the voice of the previous one. It's freaking Simon Pegg plays the Chamberlain. Really? And it's, That's pretty And it's cool. dead on. And Eddie Izzard is in this thing. He plays like this gypsy uh, elf thing. Uh, oh, so they don't like gypsy anymore. What's the new thing? Um, whatever it is. Gypsies don't like to be called that. Uh, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> gypsy, the actual gypsies I don't think- want to be called that. They want to, oh, Armani? No, Ar- Armani Romanese? <laughs> Armani? Not Armani. What is it? Roman, uh, Romani, Dulce and Gabbana, Romani. That's it. Or Roma, yeah, Romani, Romani, Romani. Simon yeah. Pegg has been popping up in cool spots. He was in the Boys yeah. as well, yeah. doing a really good American accent. Dead perfect. That I didn't know he could do. Yeah, I had no idea. In fact, it took me a second to my brain to go. Wait a minute. Who am I watching right there? That guy does oh, not sound like Simon Pegg. Boys, Peck. is he? Yeah, he's yeah. really good in the Boys. 
Um, I mean, he doesn't have a huge role, but I feel like they cast him just because if you ever go back and look at the comic book for that thing, yeah. they should have paid him likeness rights for the main character of that friggin' comic. It's him. Yep. They just stole it. They just were like, what if we put Simon Pegg in our comic book? And Lucius Malfoy's in uh, in this thing, Dark Crystal. Uh, it's got uh, some Game of Thrones people in there. Uh, Cersei Lannister chick, what's her name? Lena Headey, she's, great. she's in it. Yeah, she's in there. Mm. It's got a bit, like kind of a weirdly all star cast, and it is so hard fantasy. It's just not what I expected. I, I if I, I wish I could like go wherever Jim Henson is and say, dude, do you see how rad this turned out? Like how excited he would be to see this because this was like one of his weird dreams that he couldn't oh, quite fully realize in the film. The film is amazing for what it was when it was, but. And and that's the other thing. This is in full. It's not full of CGI. There's some CGI to enhance some stuff, um, but it's a lot of like outdoor amazing shots and beautiful vistas. The puppetry is still puppetry. It's still all this handmade stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, I should see this movie. It's really good. Oh yeah, and Helena Bonham Carter's in it. She's great in it. Jason Isaacs is in it. Luke Skywalker. Oh, I forgot. The scientist is uh, Mark Hamill. The scientist uh, Skeksy guy. It's great. I'm going to need to, I, I want to check it out. Uh, okay, let me ask you this. One more question about Dark Crystal. It'll exceed your uh, expectations. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I have seen the movie. Yeah. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I know this is a prequel. Should I go back and get refreshed on the movie and then watch the series? Or am I good to watch the series and then if I continue to be interested, watch the movie again? Uh, I would, oh, that's a really interesting question. Normally because of the progression of the story, I'd say watch this, then the movie. But I think you should see the movie to remind yourself what the movie was and then see this and watch your expectations get shattered all over the place. Because okay. that's part of the experience. I saw it recently because in, in lead up to this, I thought, well, I'll watch that and then we'll see how this is. And it just, it just, I can't, even, I don't even know how to explain it. It's so cool. Yeah. Like I feel, I have yeah. levels of feeling toward it that I would have toward the best season of Game of Thrones. That's how I feel about it. Wow. And that's weird because it's a bunch of puppets, right? Yeah. Like we're talking about, you know, slightly more serious Muppets, but. And not regular puppets, like weird puppets. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, it's cool. Anyway, and you, I'll bet Bo gets ideas, honestly, DM ideas. I'd be shocked if that didn't inspire you because it's got a lot of great high fantasy stuff going on. And John, you love elves. This thing is an elf movie, like for real. <laughs> I mean, they're gelf- an elf lover. They're gelflings. John, well-known but- elf lover on the show. <laughs> you love it. You love a good elf. You'll 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 be into it. All right, uh, that's it for that. Let's do one of these right here. That's a good question. It's an email from a listener by the name of Jeff who wrote in and says, "Your tank, sorry, your talk of imaginary numbers piqued my interest since I am a mathematics graduate student and needs must defend my discipline." Oh, oh no. He says, actually, I understand that imaginary numbers are friggin' weird, so more power to you for freaking out about them. This is when we had that discussion about... Um, I like this so far. Just yeah. not to not to interrupt the email, but to jump in before we go too much further. Yeah. He's easing me in. Yeah. He knows he's about to talk about something that scares and frightens me. Yep. And he's like, hey, you know what? It is weird. You're allowed to feel the way you're feeling, yep. and I feel uh, viewed, heard, and understood. <laughs> Please continue. And respected. Um, says, imagine an engineer building a bridge and during the calculations, a square root of a negative number appears. Bad engineers would say, well, yeah, well, he's just saying as an example. So he's saying, if you're doing a bridge, engineers building it, 
He says a bad engineer in that scenario would say, well, can't do anything about that. And boom, bridge collapses. Imaginary numbers gives us things to work with when we otherwise wouldn't be able to because there is no real answer for taking the square root of a negative number. Honor defended, Jeff. Mouse divided on Twitter. Now, we started real strong, but I want to point out (laughs) where in that sentence he lost me. It made it sound like it was clear (laughs) without actually making it clear. I'm sorry, Mouse divided. It made sense to me. I get it. I totally get it. Here's... Here's where I got lost. I'll, I'll find the exact moment. During the calculations, a square root of a negative number appears. Yeah. Is it a what? Like a Pokemon? It just popped out of the bush. <laughs> oh, it's a square root of a negative number. I don't have that. I need. I to think maybe it. on a blueprint. I don't think he's making the bridge. I think maybe we're reading. Correct. Imagine an engineer building a bridge. So I pick when you say that, I picture a guy pull up in a van, get his hard hat out. He's got the jackhammer and. <laughs> Some rebar, and he's like hauling it out, and then a number pops out. <laughs> and so then we we throw imaginary numbers at it, and if we catch it, we like can face the his, elite four. <laughs> he's got this tool belt. He takes off his shirt. He downs a can of sprite, and then he like goes into his tool belt and pulls out some numbers. Uh, <laughs> why a can I of sprite? How... how come sprite? Just curious. Remember right. those uh, commercials where like an office girl would. You know, yeah. this is probably highly sexist, but whatever. I think it's the eighties. <laughs> okay. The off, office girl would be like, oh, 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 and they'd be like, Sally, the air conditioning's running. Why is it so hot? Why are you so hot? And they'd look at what they're looking at, and there'd be this guy on the window still cleaning the window, super muscly, and he'd be like, Oh, because they were like, it was Diet Coke. I, right. I, I do remember this. <laughs> yeah, but that was Diet Coke, wasn't it? I think it was Diet Coke. Oh, it might have been Diet Coke. Yeah. He's drinking. No one drinks Coke. Coke right. They all look like, let's not get hung up on <laughs> what the drink was. All right. Well, that was the most entertaining email we've had in months. So thanks for that. Keep that coming, <laughs> math guy. What, what a bunch of shade to the last couple of emails. <laughs> no, it's good. I like it. I understood what he meant. Finally, an email is worth reading on the show. Oh, this is good. Thanks. This is good. I'll, I'll take whatever they send. And it's easy to send. You just go to frogpants.com slash core and hit the thing at the top. And then just be like this Jeff guy and blow our minds or confuse us more. I mean, I kind of have both ways today. That's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, you can also leave us voicemails, 801-471-0462. And that is going to do it for today's show. Uh, before we go, uh, Bo, you have anything you want to say? Anything you want to get out there? I don't know. I just no. want to say, Scott, yeah. John, yeah. love you both. Oh, thanks for being Aww. great podcast co-hosts. Oh, that's yeah. really sweet. Yeah, it's very nice. The real touching message that Bo left us. John, do you have anything to say to to equal that uh, level of kindness and care? Yeah, you guys are all right. Oh, all right, okay. And then I'll say, don't eat that yellow snow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of anything. <laughs> We really, you know what? Uh, what I like is how we built on what Bo established as a foundation. I'm sorry, did I start too strong? Was, that, was my play to be like real little? There was no way for me to come back from it. It was too nice, but I, but it's appreciated. Uh, and also, we feel this way about you, uh, the listeners, and those who consume this content. And if you like us, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash core. Is it core show? Shit. Am I saying it wrong? Yeah, it is. I'm wrong. Patreon.com slash core show. You'd think I'd know that. Patreon.com slash core show. Or it's all linked on the website at frogpants.com slash core. 
Follow us on Twitter. Bo is at Bo Schwartz. John's at John underscore Jagger. I'm at Scott Johnson. And you can follow the show at CorePod. It's a great way to find out when the show goes live, for example, on Wednesday nights. That's going to do it for us. Thank you all for watching. For me, for Bo, for John. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. If you're not going to come correct, this is like a 1990s, it's like 311 at uh, Lollapalooza (laughs) or something. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.